0: Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. Maybe you're listening to this now because you missed the live version Tuesdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by these sponsors, which I am extremely grateful for. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Their website, thebbqguru.com. Big Papa Smokers, creators of some of the best rubs out there and retailer of many different grills and barbecue products. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. Butchers Barbecue, creators of injections, rubs, and seasonings. Their website, butchersbbq.com. Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And their website is greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookshack, some of the best industrial electric smokers out there today. Also pellet cookers as well. Their website is cookshack.com. Cookinpellets.com. If you want to fire those pellet cookers that I just talked about, visit cooking Pellets.com to buy your pellets right now. Also buy the CHOPS Power Injector. Forget about using one needle to inject your meats. The Chops Power Injector System has four needles for your injecting pleasure. You can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E KansasCity.com. And by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour, you can visit KCBS.us slash Sam's Tour for results to Register your team or to see where the next event will be taking place. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and efficient cookers out there in the market right now. Visit their website at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Unknown Barbecue Accessories. You can visit them at unknownbbq.com. shop. This is Chad
1: Hayden with Minneswiners Barbecue, the 19th Annual Jack Daniels World
0: Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Hey, you want to jump in on the show tonight? More than happy to have you. It's a phone call, if you're willing, 216-220-0966. Alternatively, you can email the show, greg at Show.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, Show.com, And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter. And if you did, did it come weird? My... The one I got through my work email was, like, all jacked up. I'm not sure exactly what to think about it. Anyway, coming up in about 13 minutes from now, the first Tuesday of every month, let me back up just for one second. Folks, I am here to tell you we are now well into the month of June. 2016 rapidly coming to a close. The first Tuesday of each month brings us a visit to the doctor, but not just any doctor. The good doctor of barbecue, the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment, Ray Lampy joins us at 9.14. Hey. Then for a, a change, if you will, at 9.35, typically we would have somebody else booked in live. This past weekend... I had a chance meeting with the first full-time barbecue editor in the country. He is the prophet of smoked meat. He does run or let me see here. What do I got going? Shane, we're well past comms check. Uh Let's just hope it works out, buddy. At this point, let's just hope it works out. Um. Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly Barbecue is the guy that I ran into this past weekend. And he had emailed me and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in Cleveland. Can we meet up? I'm going to hit Michael Simon's joint. I'm going to hit the West Side joint, the proper pig. You're welcome to come to both, neither or one or the other. And uh, amidst some softball scheduling, I said, hey, I can definitely do proper pig on the west side and actually have a little bit more of an kinship to that place anyway, so would love to go with you. So we were able to meet up. I did take along the handy-dandy voice recorder, and we went ahead and uh, did a little like Cleveland barbecue scene review. So I'm going to play that recorded audio at the 9.35 segment, so stay tuned for that. Then we'll move to the second hour at 10.14, a first timer to the show. Bills herself as the hardcore carnivore, social media maven of sorts, Jess Pryles. First-timer, as I had mentioned. So we're going to talk to her. Uh, unique background, not from the States. Originally from Australia, now resides in Austin, Texas, which some would consider the barbecue capital of the world, depending on who you talk to and where you're from. Does have a rub that she's out marketing as well, so... I think that'll be an interesting interview, a potential of a recurring guest as well. Then at uh, 10.35, helping me close out the show, out of the bullpen, as they say, Mark Graham from Gorilla Cookers and Shane Draper from Draper Barbecue will both be joining me. We'll talk to Shane exactly how they're teamed up. I don't want to sit here and say that Shane is working directly with Gorilla, but I believe there's some type of consultation thing going on. So we will talk to Mark. I don't know if anybody remembers. I I had like one of the very first Grilla cookers sent to me. I wouldn't go as far as to say prototype, but one of the original ones that is actually still on my back deck, performs very well. I've only had to do one maintenance item to it in its life, and I use it quite a bit. But there's been some upgrades to the flagship product, which is the Grilla, G-R-I-L-L-A, and then they've also added two new products this year, I believe. So we'll talk to Mark and Shane about those particular products, get the FAB, see how they compare, contrast to some other options that are available in the market, fun stuff like that. So there's your show. Ray Lampy recorded stuff with me and Daniel Vaughn, Jess Pryles, and Mark Graham, and Shane Draper. 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Let everybody know those show's on, folks. Hit them with the Facebooks. Hit them with the Twitter. OutdoorCookingChannel.com is the video website you want to send them to, or audio-only my website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. You can get it on IPTV as well, like Roku. Got a listener email from Bob Perkins. Hi, Greg. I listen all the time while driving via iTunes. I got to eat at Franklin's Barbecue once. The wait is like tailgating. Three and a half hours, not too big a deal. They take good care of the people in line. Best brisket ever. Really outstanding. I'd do it again. The trick is to go on an off day, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. In fact, I'm 90% sure if I got there at 1230 after the rush, I would have been fed and waited less than 30 minutes. was traveling on business and wanted to make sure I got some. I aspire to make brisket that good someday. It was memorable. Thanks, Bob. Bob, thank you for writing it. I understand everything that you're saying, Bob, right? Three and a half. In fact, the guys that run The Proper Pig when I was there over the weekend on Saturday said the same thing that you said, Bob. It's like tailgating. You go, it's three, three and a half hours. There's beer to be had, or maybe you're bringing your own coolers of beer. Maybe you're setting up a makeshift barbecue to eat brats while you're tailgating to eat barbecue when you get there eventually. Folks, I'm here to tell you, Without 100% questioning myself at all, three and a half hours is too long. About three hours too long. I might go so far as to say it's three hours and 20 minutes too long for me to wait for barbecue. I waited about 15 minutes in line the second time at Proper Pig. And that was like after the main rush. I was like, ugh. I'm not a waiter. I mean, I've been a server, but I don't like to wait in lines. I just don't. And I I just can't imagine that whatever I'm getting ready to stick in my mouth after waiting three and a half hours is going to give me that visceral reaction that I believe I need to have. I just know it's not going to happen. The physical thing that needs to happen If I've been waiting three and a half hours to put barbecue in my face, the physical thing that needs to happen when I put my lips on that opulent meat the first time is not going to happen. So why am I going to wait three and a half hours, tailgating or not, knowing what you know going into it or not? It just seems like an extraordinary amount of time. And I don't want to sit here and say I did it too. It's like your kid's tasting some food and making like a weird face like it's horrible and then going, hey, do you want to taste this? Hell no, I don't want to taste it. I can see your face. It looks like it's bad. I'm not saying that the barbecue you're going to get is bad when you're waiting three and a half hours. I'm just saying I don't want to be the next guy that said I waited three and a half hours too. I don't want to do that. What have I said time and time again? I want to be able to go into the back door cut the line, and eat all the food I want. That's what I want. And I don't care if I'm saying it out loud. It's being documented. I want to get in the back door. What? Uh I want to get ushered in, VIP style, miss the lines, potentially be comped for stuff. Maybe not, I'll pay. And eat it that way. But holy moly cakes, you got to be kidding me. I'm not going to be waiting in line for three and a half hours. No way ever. It's just no way. So that's that. Thanks, Bob, for writing in, though. I'm still maintaining my position. Also, because I had said take it to the bank last week, sports take. Attention, sports take. When I said the Cavs in six, I was not kidding. Just because they've lost the first two doesn't mean they're going to lose the next two and then the series. Remember, it's not a series until the home team loses. So it's still a series, folks. Alrighty, folks, if you didn't know already, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue, the number one dealer of Mac Pellet grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, the Gateway Drum Smoker, even a drum kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting an award-winning line of championship rubs. From flavors like sweet money to happy ending, their rubs have had a hand in winning almost every major barbecue competition. Period. Don't think that they can just be pigeonholed in competitive barbecue either because BPS has become so well known, they've been picked up by a nationwide restaurant chain, BJ's Restaurant Brewhouse. With four of the nine rubs featured on their permanent menu and amid glowing reviews, BPS rubs are proven to be a great addition to anyone's pantry. Big Papa has also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that cooks from across the country begun to aim for. Big Papa's website also features the online meat locker with Snake River Farms, the American Kobe beef, the caribou to pork, the Double R Ranch meats, Big Papa's meat locker has something for every type of barbecue aficionado. They've also created that unique brand ambassador program that teams are looking to get on the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country, working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papas has been able to do all of this with only five years of being in the biz, now maybe six. Turning competition barbecue on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products. Becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain and benefiting children's charities across the U.S.? Just the beginning. Still, just the beginning. Come on. BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. Check them out. We're back with Ray Lampy right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempy.
0: All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. 31 cities... 500000 in cash to be won. Plus, eternal bragging rights if you win the whole thing. Whew. This weekend, the Sam's Club Tour is rolling into Harrisburg, PA for a local qualifying event. To keep up with the Sam's Tour results, see where the next event will be, or to register your team to compete, visit kcbs.us slash samstour. That's kcbs.us slash samstour.
3: If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website.
2: The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempy. Dr. Barbecue.
0: All right, Ray Lampy is here, ladies
2: and gentlemen. Ray, what's up? Hey, Greg, how are
0: you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Ray. Always appreciate the time here. And, uh, boy, uh, I think we're going to be a lot of TV focused tonight for obvious reasons. However, let me ask you this. Do we need to talk at all about the Barbecue Hall of Fame class for 2016? You want to hit on that a little bit? Um,
1: I, You know, there's so many people that deserve to get in it's hard to say any one should be ahead of another. So, you know, Chris Lilly certainly belongs in there. I, you know, I, that one I have no problem with at all. Um, I, just so everyone's clear, we, as a member, we get to vote on the pitmaster and the uh, business guy. We do not get to vote on the celebrity. So Artie Davis was, you know, I, Artie does a lot of stuff for barbecue, but we did not. We don't have a vote on that one.
0: Did you find it? I David mean, hey,
1: David's a good guy, you know. Certainly has is everybody's friend. So and sells a lot of barbecue pits. A lot of people cooking barbecue because of David. So you know, it's, yeah, it's hard to be mad about any of them. You know, were they my first choices? Well, Chris certainly was. Uh, you know, but but again, there's so many people that need to get in. It, it's you know, it's hard to argue.
0: Two things. Let me ask you your opinions on these. You know, last year I saw a post. Of course, that was the impetus of my grassroots movements of trying to get in last year. That they How's were they going? like, uh, so far I'm still in the same place. So they were soliciting uh, recommendations or, you know, who do you think? But unless I missed it, that didn't happen this year. So as a current member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, was there just a list that was given out and, and there was no solicitation this year or did I completely miss it? No,
1: I think you missed it. I I, I saw it um, but I don't know what they do, where they post it, where they, I would bet you it's in the bullshit and in the National Barbecue News but you know, where else it shows up, I don't know. I did see it and what I did was I had actually nominated a couple people that I wanted that didn't get in and I sent a note and said, do those nominations stay with you? And they said, yes, they do. So, yeah, they, you know, that's the biggest weak link, I think. And I know I've said it over and over, but people, you need to nominate people and in a good fashion, not a letter that, hey, Greg Rumpf should be in the Hall of Fame because his show is good. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's fine, but it's probably not going to work. Um, a more elaborate, I know it's a hassle, but if you really want to see someone get in there, because other the members aren't going to do the research, there's no paid people to do the research. So, you know, you need to sell it a little bit if you want to get somebody in. And, uh, And and just because they don't get in the first year doesn't mean they won't again. I mean, I don't feel bad about it. Again, there's so many people that need to get in. Um, It's going to take a while. So I I, I can't encourage people enough to nominate people.
0: And build value in the letter that you're writing in nomination. Certainly understandable. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to ask you about, I had met up with Daniel Vaughn uh, Saturday. Uh, He just happened to be in Cleveland because he actually is from here. Nobody actually comes here on purpose. Uh, But he was from here originally. So... He had said what he would have liked to have seen when it all kind of changed over from that online situation to, to how it is now is have like this really large initial induction and build this really large base and then kind of you know piece it together from there. Is that kind of a an idea that you would agree with on a high level
1: a uh, similar idea. I think it should happen maybe the tenth year you know what I mean let's it, it'd be pretty hard to because I mean, wherever you draw the line, there's going to be a line. And then maybe it's a little watered down for those, that first big class. So I think, yeah, I think, or let's ramp it up and instead of three, let's start making it six here in a couple of years. And then, you know, eight and a couple more or something like that. Yeah, I'm with Daniel uh, on that. I, I, I don't think it would have been right to do it first off, but I think we, at some point we should. Ray Lampy joining one the, me. One of the issues that I'm aware of is the expense, you know, um, it, let's say everybody even agreed to put 20 people in on the 10th year anniversary of it, which is probably coming up. Um, you know, it's a lot of expense. They give you a little travel money. Those trophies are not cheap. Uh, they have a big party. You know what I mean? It, we, we need to get sponsors on board for it too.
0: Ray Lampy joining me here on the show, the website drbbq.com. Uh, ask drbbq.com if you've got a question you'd like us to throw around during a monthly segment here, which is the first Tuesday of each month. So let's talk about, uh, okay, I'm just going to back up just for one second. For some reason, and I don't not think that Chris Lilly should be in the Hall of Fame, but for some reason I associate him with being like too young to be in the Hall of Fame for some reason. Am I way off base there or has he just kind of got that, you know, rugged, young, good look type of thing happen?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, you know, we're inducting guys in the Hall of Fame that are right smack in the middle of their career. I mean, Myron was in there. Not, you know, Myron's a little, a little bit older in, in age, but but certainly in the middle of his barbecue career. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm winding it down, but I'm certainly not done <laughs> either. So, yeah, it, it's kind of a weird thing. I agree with you. I don't know if Chris is Chris the youngest guy that's gotten in. He might be. Um yeah, there's no stipulation like that, and but I don't know. What do you do? It's not like baseball where guys retire and five years later it's, you know, what is an actual retirement. So I, I sort of agree with you. On the other hand, it, you know, that has not been part of the process.
0: All right, Ray, so let's talk about uh, barbecue on television, the smoked TV show. Uh, if it's at all possible for me to ask you to remove yourself personally from the show and kind of look at it from a non-business perspective, I guess. How do you think this show stacks up against some of the other ones that have hit the airwaves over the past, you know, three, four five years?
1: Well, uh, you know, disclaimer, I'm going to be in episode six, eight and nine as a judge. So um, I am a little biased about it, but I-, I can't speak to the episodes that were done ahead of mine. Uh, honestly, the episode that was ran last week, it was all very familiar to me. I got to be honest. You know, uh, it looked a lot like it was kind of all the same guys uh, with the exception of Brad. Um, but I can tell you the episodes I did, I thought they were pretty cool. It's, they're going to be very, they're different. There's different people, there's different food, there's different strategy. Um, I, I, I think it's kind of cool the way, you know, Myron has become really good at this and, but in a host role. So I liked that Myron's over there at that table on the side. Um, again, in the episodes I did, it worked well. I thought it was cool having Myron over there, um, because he's good at being the host, but then when we needed him to break ties, he was a good advocate. So I like the format a little bit better. I, I think the grudge matches is kind of a cool thing. Um, I, but I think you're going to see some different people. I, that, that was my disappointment, and that i got a feeling that's where you're going with this. It was the same. We've seen, How many times can we see those guys?
0: So let's talk about Myron Mixon as the host just for a second, uh, since you brought him up. He was on this show a few weeks back recounting his fourth. I I was going to get there. Thank you. uh, (laughs) Recounting his fourth win at the Memphis in May. And on this show, I mean, he was the most humble, gracious, appreciative, dare I say low-key guy. But I think it's important to note that Myron does seem to have that unique ability to gimmick up when the cameras hit and probably a good skill set to have when you're a host right
1: yeah definitely we i mean i see that with myron too i know myron for a long time and i would consider him my friend so you know, you know he never turns it off just like i don't this is who i am and that's who myron is um but don't think myron isn't affected by the success and all the stuff that has happened um you know he is he he realizes how lucky he is uh, you know i mean I, I yeah myron myron's a good guy he when, when we make tv we talk about you know the term that i've heard that made the most sense to me is you want to be yourself but you want to be a 10 times version of yourself much bigger version but don't try to make up some character that's not you just be you a big version of it you know speak a little louder have a little more opinion be a little more Brash about things. If you're a brash guy, if you're a quiet guy like Tuffy, then you just make a good version of that. Um, so I sort of think I always say tell people Myron, that's about half of an act. You know, um, that's him all the way. But he really does ramp it up for TV. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think Myron has really been very affected by it, except the persona that you see on, you know. That he's he's working yet,
0: And I guess that's kind of like the the place where I'm going, because people can get the wrong idea if you've never listened to this show, if you've never seen him at a competition, and I guess you don't realize how approachable he is. For instance, my wife sees him on the TV. He kind of she kind of thinks he's douchey. you know, keep in mind, the only <laughs> exposure she has to him is what she sees on television. So I guess is that something? You know, you or Myron or, or anybody in that position can afford to worry about in that spot?
1: Yeah, no, you can't. I, for me personally, no. I, I went through it a lot in the early days. People, you know, just not understanding that it's just, you're being a, you know, it's part of what you do and, and having an opinion is okay. And people just think you're an asshole. They, they just, uh, yeah, I get, I get that question probably more than anything, um, is, you know, is Myron really like that? <laughs> of all the barbecue people, I mean, people know that I'm friends with a lot of them and a lot of, uh, you know, celebrity chefs and stuff. And I probably get that question more than anything, is Myron, what's he really like? And, you know, I guess it's good for him. Now you can't worry about it. It's business, man. You know, if you're just going to be a nice guy and not try to ramp it up, you're not going to – you're afraid you might offend somebody and, and by – you know, being that 10 times version of yourself, well, then don't get into business.
0: Ray Lampe joining me here on the show, drbbq.com, his website. Uh, Ray, Destination America kind of billing itself as providing all-American programming, whatever that means. So it seems to have really taken a shine, perhaps more than any other network ever, to the barbecue TV model. And we've talked about it here on this show before, Ray, but aside from this network, I don't really see it, anywhere else, and I might go so far as saying that if Destination America didn't exist to whatever degree it exists, maybe there wouldn't be any barbecue on TV other than Stephen reichlin shows. Are we seeing a potential end of the barbecue TV thing, maybe?
1: Well, it's, it's all just the continuation of the original John Marcus show anyway. I mean, I actually had dinner with John tonight. I'm in Sarasota. We're going to cook some barbecue tomorrow together. Uh, but it all it's there's never been more than one show on the air i don't think well myron's had like a couple of spinoff shows but in general this is still the continuation of whatever that thing was called the uh ultimate barbecue showdown or something that we did 12 years ago or whatever john said something tonight like it's been canceled six times and came back six times (laughs) so i don't think we're ahead or behind unfortunately it hasn't you know it hasn't turned into we have a bunch of spin-off shows like uh you know like Laverne and Shirley there's no way there's no been no Laverne and Shirley's we still got the Fonz in Myron and and then the rest of the characters. So it it I, I don't think it's better or worse. Unfortunately I wish it was better. I mean the Food Network does barbecue but it's unrecognizable to anyone who who really knows anything about barbecue. Um, so that doesn't matter. I, I get lucky and they put me on some shows But other than that, it's always just been that one show, and it's pretty much been on Destiny's America the whole time. So I I wish it was better, but I don't think it's any better or worse. But if we lose the one, then we'll have zero.
0: So two things, I guess. Can you turn it into something better? And if so, what do you think makes the hit, or what do you think uh, unjumps a potentially jumped shark?
1: Well, I mean, I tend, I like to think that the episodes that I'm in are pretty good at the end. I've never been on Pitmasters, so um, I think having me in there is a change from what they've had in the past. Um, I, you know, who can stand up to Myron? I mean, I know it's kind of brash to say it, but, there, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that can really stand up to him. Not that there was an argument between him and I, but when he's at the table, it's just him and nobody else. I mean, I like Tuffy and I think and Mo and they did a good job and Aaron and Melissa over the years. But I don't know that any of them could really light it up like Myron, you know, and, and I think maybe I can. So I know that's that's pretty braggadocio, but that's how I feel about it. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think I could really bring something to it. So. I you know I and and again the different characters and stuff I I think that this is a better version and they did put Myron into a different role because nobody's buying him sitting there at the table that it's all even with three judges he's the guy on that show we know that so by moving him over to the side I like that um it's not a lot of changes but it's little changes and and the guy who who ran the show this year was new to this well he actually did it last year as well Grant granted a lot of the early Competition shows on the Food Network, and he's a really good guy and knows his stuff. Um, So, I think, you know, I'm willing to give it. Let's look at a few more episodes. I think, you know, Robbie and Ernest are good guys, and and I think it was smart to put them on, but uh, we can't just keep running them same people over and over. And and I think you'll see that change as we go forward. Uh,
0: Are you concerned at all that because. They're running some of the same people out, and I kind of agree with you. They're running those two out initially because there is some uh, recognition there or some familiarity to draw people in for the people that you might not know. But do you fear that uh, with all of the cooks that are out there, with everybody saying that they want to be on it, that they're missing a key piece, which is being able to come across in a entertaining way on television? That's not as easy for everybody.
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot of guys are not... You've seen some of the videos that people post around online, and so have I. You know, and they think they're really good, and they're not. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough call for those guys, and and of course everybody gets mad if they don't get picked. It's but that's the nature of that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's kind of like uh, kind of like the people bitching about scoring. You know, it's like well, just cook better then. If you want to get on TV, if they looked at your video, it's not that they didn't like you know the color of your hair or the background behind you. You know, you, they don't care about any of that stuff. I, I look like I'm on a ghost show right now, but I think I still got interesting stuff to say. That's what they're all about.
0: Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Uh, Ray, you mentioned you were, you're in Sarasota uh, meeting up with John Marcus. You're going to do a barbecue benefit. John's in town because he's his other love is, you know, like writing and uh, directing all this stuff, but he's got a musical that's in town. I know this because my parents are actually going to his musical this coming Friday, The Fabulous oh, cool. the fabulous Lipitones. Is that something that you've taken in? Are you theater guy, musical guy? Is that anywhere near your wheelhouse, or no way? No, I, I,
1: you know, it's John's place, so I might come back and look at it. He's there right now, and I'm in my hotel room. So, um, I yeah, that's not my thing. But, but I live an hour from here. John was coming to town, and we're all friends. You know, John's been good to me. And uh, I, he said, you know, would you help me do this? And, of course, I said yes. And, but it's really been fun. I've, I spent a couple hours with him today just kind of getting ready for everything. It's good to see him. I haven't spent any time in a long time. So now I'm just here to help John out and have a little fun in the parking lot. And uh, they're going to raise some money for the theater. But now, <laughs> I'll probably skip the play. It looks good, though. I hear it's doing really well. He said they're getting good reviews, and it's all sold out. But not my thing.
0: Rave reviews, from what I understand, as well. Uh, Ray, what are you up to uh, for the balance of the month and in July? I got,
1: a, I got about a week off, and then I'm going to Boulevardia in Kansas City, uh, the big Boulevard Beer Festival. I'm going to cook a bunch of uh, Kansas City steaks on big green eggs out there and got a lot of friends in KC, so I look forward to seeing all of them. I'll be at Boulevardia all three days. And then I come home for a few days, and uh, we go to Grostock over in London. I mean, uh, Bristol. It's that time of year. There's only one grill stock this year, but it's going to be fun. I, pretty, I, I think three was too much on my liver anyway.
0: Is this like year number five? It's more than that, I think. Is I think it? It's like
1: seven. Yeah, wow. I don't have the number in front of me, but it's like seven.
0: So what? What's going to be the the big kicker this year?
1: Um, I don't think it's you know. It, it's pretty well cut. In, it, now everybody kind of knows what it's going to be. There will be some, you know, Steve will have a new dress, and uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> who knows? We have a great anything but category, so we'll see some crazy stuff. Last year, an Italian dinner came up, like complete with mustaches, stick-on mustaches for everybody. So, but the, the categories, as I think I told you, the the chicken ribs, pork and brisket, man, they it looks just like a KCBS contest anymore. It's you know, which is good. It's, it's fine. Um, you know, we'll have probably the same judges. Jackie Wade will come over and judge with us. And Marcus Baden, who's got that new UK uh, barbecue magazine online. And Andy Williams, who's been like the original UK barbecue judge. Uh, Ian from Pro Q Smokers will be there with us. So it, it's pretty much all the same thing, but it's kind of once-a-year party. Everybody gets back together.
0: Were you surprised to see those guys come out with a grill stock book, or was that part and parcel and something you kind of knew about
1: no, I knew about it for a long time. I wrote the foreword. Um, I knew about it for a long time. Now, I'm glad to see them. They're, they're like, you know, on that cutting edge. There's barbecues hot in England. It's a big deal. So they need books. They need products. They need restaurants. Um, and John and Ben are just great at it. You know, they, they know. They get it. They know the game. They're good at putting stuff like that together. So no, I wasn't surprised at all. I actually have a copy on my desk. I just haven't had much time to look at it yet. I might right? have you a copy. Nice. I might
0: have a copy just here and it's signed too, which is very nice. I don't usually I get a lot of books but they're not usually signed, so it was nice that they uh, took time out to actually sign it. Ray Lampy joining me here for the monthly visit. Ask Dr. Barbecue, you can throw some questions over to us for uh, upcoming months. Ask drbbq.com to do that or just visit Way's, uh, Ray's website drbbq.com. Ray always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on.
1: My pleasure, Greg. Always good to hear you. You See too. You,
0: there he is. Ray Lampy in Sarasota, Florida, getting ready for some fundraising for the Sarasota uh, Theatre, ladies. Uh, theatre. Jeez, uh, pull the car around. We're going to take a ride to the theatre. We're taking uh, John Marcus's uh, play. Uh, the Fabulous Lipitones. Jeez, please pull the car around. I can't stand waiting. You know how the missus gets when we're waiting. Let me talk to you quickly about Cook Shack before we get into the Daniel Vaughn pre-record. Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in your backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their Facebook at cookshack.com, I'm sorry, check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue in the world-class barbecue form. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they are designed by a champion. Ed Fast Eddie Morin, the FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer face. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill, low and slow or hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Let me tell you this. Anything that you can cook in your oven, you can make in a cook shack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing, with quality always being a top priority. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit their website, Cookshack.com. That's Cookshack.com. All right, let's uh, reload here for the second interview segment. I'll be directing it. If you have any questions, you want to weigh in on Ray's interview or whatever, please feel free to do so. Dave Bosca saying a great chat with Ray. How about that? Good job. You did it, Ray. Another good one. What does that make, like 78 in a row? 216-220-0966 is your phone number. Greg at com is your email address. Hit me up. We'll be back right after these words. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central radio networks. 774480433
2: 774480433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rippey.
0: All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers on the market today. If you're looking for a big one to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, got you covered there too. How about something small to take on the tailgates, the camping trips? They got you covered there too. They can also supply you with wood pellets as well to fire those cookers. Check them out at greenmountaingrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yours as well. Greenmountaingrills.com. All right, so I was telling you at the top of the show, rarely does any barbecue anybody come through town. Point of note, and I want to give credit where credit is due. I say how like no barbecue people ever come through town, which on its head is not incorrect. I am not. Exaggerating or under-exaggerating the amount of barbecue people that actually come through Cleveland, or the state of Ohio, I guess. But Cleveland, specifically, because I live right here and I can talk about it expertly. On the whole, that's true, except for one person who's usually here like twice a year. And might I say, not exaggerating again, a barbecue legend... The, guy, the barbecue guy that's here the most in Cleveland is Chris Marks from Three Little Pigs. Who's now with uh, The Good One. He gives classes out on the west side at a place called the Heat Exchange in Westlake, I think it is. Or North Ridgeville, or wherever the hell it is. Twice a year. Maybe even three times a year. And he's been doing it as almost as long as I've been doing the show. At least as long as I've been doing the show. Now, on its head again how many times I've been out there to see him zero times
2: Get that big out of
0: here. why the answer is simple and if you're not from Cleveland you are not going to understand what I'm about to say but the answer is this why don't I see him he's on the west side I had the same discussion with Daniel Vaughn's buddy that came up and his wife, who are uh, Worcesterians. They're from Worcester. I have a whole other rant coming on that I can feel about Worcester. And he said, are you like one of those Cleveland guys or gals? And, you know... They were, let's just say this, they were surprised that I was at the proper pig in Lakewood, which is a western suburb. Right in downtown Cleveland, I-77 runs right outside of downtown Cleveland and then due south. You can't go north, there's a lake. So east of 77 is the east side of Cleveland and west of 77 is the west side of Cleveland. And it is a well-known fact. Fact! That Eastsiders don't go to the West Side and Westsiders don't go to the East Side. That's the way it is. So, why don't I go to the heat exchange to meet a barbecue living legend? West Side, bitch!
2: West Side!
0: I don't go there, man. I go there only on special occasions or during the day for work, but never to socialize. Never! It's never gonna happen. And trust me, the Westsiders aren't taking any offense. They're saying the same thing about us Eastsiders. The same thing. All right. Anyway, I digress. So, Mr. Daniel Vaughn and I met up. He was in town. I think what he was really in town for is what he is uh, doing now today, which is down at the Certified Angus Beef which, believe it or not, certified Angus beef, Dave Bosca's favorite thing ever, certified Angus beef, is headquartered in Wooster, Ohio. What? True. True story. So, I think he's really here for that, but he came in a couple days early, took in a tribe game, wanted to hit up Michael Simon's restaurant, also wanted to hit up the proper pig, We know the history of the proper pig. Food truck now turned brick and mortar about two, three years later. So he wanted to give it the old review. So I brought my handy-dandy recorder. I have some files somewhere. Maybe I don't. No. See? Here we go. I want to get my files up here. Because I want to show you oh cripes hold on i want to show you the pictures it's kind of like i'm going to narrate while uh the video's on so let me get a screen capture here all right and then i will show you these here in a second as we're going all right here's the interview with uh me daniel vaughn and uh, the state of cleveland barbecue Greg Rempe here on assignment in Lakewood, Ohio, at the corner of Detroit and Bonnieview, where at some point here soon I'll be joined by the barbecue snob, Daniel Vaughn. And we are at the Proper Pig Smokehouse today. Daniel is actually currently downtown trying out Mabel's Barbecue, Michael Simon's. i got to say, the fidelity and quality of my handheld recorder is balls. ...restaurant on East 4th Street but it's just past 4 o'clock here, Eastern Standard Time on Saturday afternoon, June 4th. The doors open at 17,100 Detroit Avenue, and already there is a full house here at the Proper Pig. Ready to get their hands on what is being billed as some of the best Texas barbecue up here in Cleveland, Ohio. So at some point, sooner than later, we'll be joined by Daniel Vaughn. We'll be going in as regular customers, although I was inside a little bit earlier just getting a lay of the land, being able to take some pictures and stuff for the website. We're going to be trying out the proper pig. We'll get my take on it. We'll get Daniel's take on it. Perhaps more importantly, Daniel's take on it, since he is the Texas review expert when it comes to Texas-style barbecue. Here the cars so stay running tuned. in the background. <laughs> Greg Rempe here at the proper pig. We've had an incredible tray of barbecue here. And finally, Daniel Vaughn, the first barbecue editor in the country, uh, Texas Monthly. TMBBQ.com is his website. He's been on the show a number of times. But this is the first time we've been able to sit down together and actually talk and review barbecue, no less in Cleveland. You figure it would be me going down to Texas where the quote-unquote real barbecue lives. So, Daniel, let me ask you. You were at Mabel's earlier, so as you're able to kind of recollect back on Mabel's and evaluate here where we are at the proper pig, uh, I'm not going to ask you to do who's better, who's worse, but, you know, positives and and negatives on both. First thing is Mabel's
4: touts itself very proudly as Cleveland-style barbecue, Uh, the proper pig, at least in where they've gone to learn how to do barbecue, and I think the way they've marketed themselves uh, very much about Texas-style barbecue. Just coming back to both of those, they're very similar. And I think a lot of that is because what Mabel's does is very similar to Texas-style barbecue.
0: Let me let me interrupt you just for a second. Is there is there such a thing as
4: Cleveland-style barbecue? I don't think there is yet. I mean, I, I certainly think that you can... I, now, I, I will say that I, I like what Michael Simon's doing as far as going to look at using local wood local ingredients local sausage all of those things but i mean i think he would agree that the backbone of his menu is smoked brisket and that no matter where you're cooking that that comes from texas if smoked brisket on butcher paper and you're serving it with pickles and onions and white bread i mean everybody knows where that came from so at least pay some some homage to where it came from It came from Texas. I do love the Cleveland-style twist that he's put on it. But I think just like any barbecue anywhere, that style will continue to evolve. His menu there will continue to evolve. If you look at a place like uh, Hometown Barbecue in Brooklyn, they started out as pretty much purely Texas barbecue. And now their menu has shifted so much that they still have their brisket and their beef rib, but everything else has pretty much got their own signature on it. They don't do a Texas-style smoked chicken or turkey or, you know, they do lamb belly. They do all these other things, but it took a while for them to grow into that, and it's going to take a while for any uh, barbecue culture in Cleveland to grow into that as well. You know, I'm, I'm from this area. I grew up here. I didn't know what barbecue was until I moved to Texas. I mean, when we ate barbecue when I was growing up here, we went to Applebee's for ribs. I mean, that was what barbecue was. Or you bake some ribs in your oven and finished them off on your gas grill. There was no such thing as a barbecue culture resembling anything like southern barbecue today. Uh, So it is nice to come back and and be able to enjoy good barbecue while I'm here visiting.
0: Let's start with Mabel's first. What did you like about Mabel's, and what do you think potentially was lacking that you would like to see improved on as kind of time wears on?
4: Well, I mean, I think you eat once at one place, and there's going to be some things that are done great, some things that aren't so much. I thought they did a good job with their brisket. It was certainly well-seasoned, heavy on the salt for sure. I do like the sausages they're doing. The pork belly could have been done a little bit more. I did like their ribs, and I, I especially like their, they do a dish with pork and a um, and sauerkraut with a lot of big chunks of pork in it. And that, to me, reminded me of eating pork and sauerkraut in Ohio. I love the sauce, too. I mean, <laughs> that mustard sauce is really good. He's certainly onto something there the sweet mustard sauce is fantastic and the desserts banana pudding chocolate pudding key lime pudding i mean he's uh he's hitting on some of my sweet spots right there banana pudding especially and uh knocking those out of the park Uh, here at the proper pig i think across the board they're doing things well the brisket could have been a little more juicy i love the pulled pork especially with bites of the bark in there the fact that they pull it to order instead of Sitting there with a vat of already pulled pork that's drying out. Nice touch. They could do a lot better job of slicing this fatty brisket against the grain so we don't pull it off into shreds. Uh, the, the turkey. There's nothing that they can improve on this turkey. This is fantastic smoked turkey breast, and very much like you'd find in Texas these days. Uh, the ribs, you know, they add a little bit of tug to them. I like the sides here. They're, they're very Texas sides with the slaw, the beans, and the potato salad. But they have put their own twist on them with the black beans, uh, the sort of mashed potato salad here. A very classic slaw. I think you can find that pretty much anywhere. Uh, and the house-made pickles, great spice to them. And then that bacon on a stick. I would guess they're curing the bacon on their own. i got to ask them about that. But uh, it's got this like country ham, meats, candied bacon flavor going on. It's good stuff. So, I mean, with both places, it's certainly Cleveland barbecue. The Cleveland barbecue scene is looking up. I think it's a little bit sad of how much press Mabels has gotten and how much the Proper Pig has not gotten. Uh, they, you know, it's a great story. They were a food truck here for several years, and you know, made it into a brick and mortar, and opened I think the same week as Mabels. And you know, they're certainly putting out barbecue that's that's worth checking out if you like what Mabels is doing. So, uh, the fact that there's two of those that exist in the city is is
0: certainly hopeful. Daniel Vaughn doing it right here in The Proper Pig. Uh, we are recording live here on a Saturday, June 4th. Cleveland Barbecue is kind of on the map right now. We'll see where it is the next time Daniel comes to town. Uh, Daniel, always appreciate the time you give to the show. Especially memorable for me to sit here literally next to you and evaluate barbecue in Cleveland. We'll do it again hopefully sooner than later. Well, I mean, I'm
4: just happy to be here with the Cleveland Barbecue star I mean, you know, I've only been able to talk to you over the radio. I didn't even think you would come to meet me here in person. I figured you were just stuck
0: in the studio the whole time. So I'm glad you could come out. All right, so there it is. The official Cleveland review of the proper pig, A, and then of course he did add his review of Michael Simons. Now, I don't know if anybody follows Daniel on Instagram. Worth a follow, or on the Twitter, uh, at BBQSnob is his handle on either. And he went to Mabel's, and I'm not speaking out of school because I've followed him on social media. And he had like tw- 11 other people, so 12 people total. He only brought two people with him when we were out at the proper pig. And they ordered one of everything on the menu, literally. And the bill was like $363, and there were sandwiches and sides and all this other stuff my total bill for that plate of food that you saw that tray of food that you saw we added the ribs on it was like a four meat tray plus 3 beers a water and there was something else that i can't think of with tip at at uh, 20% was $52 versus $363 uh, one of everything down at uh, simon so You know, when you're looking at $22 for a full slab of ribs at Michael Simon's restaurant, or I'm sorry, $22 for a full slab of ribs at the Proper Pig, they were like $32, $33 for a full slab of ribs at uh, Mabel's Barbecue, which is Michael Simon's restaurant. So pretty big price differentials. There's a lot of things that need to be made up there, I'm sure. And I'm hoping to get down to Michael Simon's restaurant here sooner than later, but again, I don't want to wait in any lines. Uh, Thanks to Dave Boska for saying cool audio. Nifty. It was high quality. I'm so happy with the quality of that audio. I can't believe it. I'm going to get out on the road more. I might be coming to your town, people. Watch out. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsor of the show, located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. Gang, if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cooker, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology. Why would you buy one from any other company? Not familiar with how these little beauties work? I'm not going to get into the minutiae, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe, maybe, You're a busy working pro, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands. You just don't have the time to set around and tend to pit temps. I get it. The guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs. You're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. There's currently a number of different models to choose from. If you like the tech, if you want to control more than two pits at one time, you want to gauge the internal temperatures of your meats and you'll want to be able to make any adjustments from your smart device without having to go outside or out of your bed for that reason. CyberQ Wi-Fi is the one you're going to want to check out. Then on the other side of the spectrum you have the party Q. It's a self-contained package, runs on AA batteries. It can go from cooker to cooker to cooker, easy to use, easy to move. And the best thing of all is that the Barbecue Guru has reduced prices on all of their pit temperature control devices. So don't wait around and wait for a better deal. The pricing has never been better, and it's going to stay this way throughout. Head on over to thebbqguru.com to check out their products if you have any questions about what to order directly. 800-288-GURU. They'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or TheBBQGuru.com. the barbecue the guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology Dave if you email me I'll send you the pick of the uh of the board there of the menu board email me though and remind me because I'll forget like in five minutes during the break I'll forget that you want to see that I'll send you I'll send you everything you want no problem all right uh we're back right after this stick around I'll be right back All right, welcome back. Dave, I just shared the picture via Dropbox. I don't know if that's going to work. If it doesn't work, just let me know. Uh, Email me that it doesn't work, and I'll go ahead and recopy it back to my hard drive. I moved them all up uh, so I can save a little real estate on the hard drive. I only got one terabyte on this bad boy, for crying out loud. What do you think? Think I can just save everything, videos and or otherwise? What did everybody else think about the quality of the audio and the recording? I thought it sounded great. I can't wait. Now I'm inspired to potentially leave the confines of the studio and see what might happen. With that kind of a success, uh, who knows? I could be what I should have done. Uh, here I go, living with regret again. What I should have done, and I wanted to do this. I thought about it 20 different times, but as I told Dave, you know, I'll forget if you don't remind me. I'll forget. I wanted to get like, hey, can I interview you and you can tell me what you think about this joint as people are leaving and get kind of like real-time crowd reaction. I should definitely do that down at Simons and see if anybody ever has anything bad to say. Let's see. All right. Lots to come in the second hour. We got a first-time guest coming up at 1014. We have Shane Draper and Mark Graham. Draper's Barbecue and uh Grillagrills.com, respectively, at 1035. We got some Sam's to recap here at the top of the hour, along with some other takes. We may or may not talk a little bit more about where the Cavs are right now in the playoff hunt. A lot of people emailing me over the last couple days asking me if I am pooping myself. I'm not. I'm not pooping myself. I'm not. Remember, a wise sportsman once said, a series doesn't start until the home team loses. And unless I'm mistaken, the home team won both games, so they held serve. Tomorrow night, it's up to the Cleveland Cavaliers to hold serve on the home court. The only interesting piece of news that stirred up today about this whole series, Kevin Love questionable for tomorrow. I may or may not be surprised at that, and I believe it has zero to do with a concussion. He sucks right now. He's playing like poop. People wondering if I'm pooping. He's playing like poop. Come on, K-Love. You can't be playing like poop if you're getting paid that much. you got to play better than that. All right, we're going to step away and reload for the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Bobby Rumpley from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to.
2: Hit me.
5: Fine, how you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbonneau! It's all
0: about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what?
2: He ate two seeds for wiener. Oh so listen, LaBernia, shut
0: your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. hey oh, Friends, you found the Barbecue Central Show. Congratulations on all of your success. You smell terrific. It's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We do it every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Barbecue Central Show website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Or the video side, OutdoorCookingChannel.com as well. Denver Cavins, who is the creator of Art Flame and will be on this show in a couple weeks, is going to give me a whole new studio, a whole new Lower Third. We're going to be updating a whole bunch of stuff. Sponsors, get ready. If uh, Especially the last couple ones. We're getting everybody back on board there. It's going to be fabulous. Aside from making an incredibly artistic cooker that being the art flame and if you haven't seen art flame go ahead and check it out on the internet it's uh now being sold in the front gate magazine which i think you have to make a net income of two million dollars a year to buy anything out of there. front gate sounds like a white supremacist magazine but it's not it's like high-end goods front gate Didn't they used to have front gate in the back seat of airlines? You could just thumb through there and be like, man, if I had a net income of $2 million a year, I could be buying shit out of this. It would be great. Instead, I'm relegated to thumbing through and going, oh, I can't buy that either. Forget about it. So congratulations to Denver. But he's going to give us a whole new house back here. It doesn't really look like this behind me. A lot of people, always, hey, I love the wood paneling in the back, in <laughs> the canned lights. <laughs> this big studio lighting back here. If I go like this, it actually it actually looks like this light is making my bald head look shiny. It's not It's not even a real light. It's not. Still to come on the show tonight, Jess Pryles in about 12 minutes from now. Mark Graham and Shane Draper, Gorilla Cookers and Draper's Barbecue. Let me get rid of that. Dave, just because I'm curious, why do you want to see the board? Like, are you looking to see what the pricing is in Cleveland, Ohio? Remember, a lot of us are just hovering around the poverty line, my friend. The Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour rolled into Asheville, North Carolina this past weekend after a week off. This was a local event feeding the North Charleston, South Carolina Regional Final. The top 16s moving are... (laughs) The top 6 teams moving on are in particular order GC Smoking Buttheads 698.2 Smoking Buttheads You <laughs> said but Reserve Grand Champion Palmetto Pitmasters With a 688.5. We'll get back to that in a second. The Q Factor, third. Victory Smokers, fourth. Rocky Top Barbecue, fifth. Smoke in the Mountains, sixth. And rounding out those that will be going on to the regional final in North Charleston, South Carolina. Coming up in a couple weeks. Now, let me point out, in case you weren't listening properly, winning. The winning score took 698.2. Reserve was 688. Just shy of 10 points. We call that an ass-kicking in the competition scene, ladies and gentlemen. So congratulations to smoking buttheads on a dominant performance. 10 points. I mean, that's something you just don't see very often. You might get 6 and 7, 8 points at a stretch here or there. But rarely are you seeing a 10-point smackdown. So congratulations. In fact, it was a 20-point differential between 1 and 6. Smoke in the Mountains had a 678 and moved on to the regional final. So Smoke and Buttheads with a great and dominant cook. Congratulations to them. The next Sam's Club stop is this coming weekend, June 11th, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Good luck to all those competing. And so, it seems I got an email from another listener over the week as well. From Steve Munster. Greg, so the dude Travis Clark you had on, is it me or does that dude need a number, another Harvey? Okay, let's. can we try again? Is
2: that possible?
0: And take two. This one coming in from Steve. Greg, so the dude Travis Clark you had on. Is it me or does that dude need another hobby? Lost count of how many times he says, this sucks. Uh Steve, I get it. You know, I listen to Travis's email or I listen to Travis's interview a number of times after it airs each time he's on. And here's the thing that I love about Travis. He is so genuine and so honest. I don't think he thinks that competition barbecue sucks. Well, if you listen to it in a vacuum, you might draw the conclusion that he thinks it sucks. But I don't think that's the case. Here's what I think. I think Travis is dismayed with how competition barbecue is set up with the KCBS and the fact that if there's going to be a race and one team isn't running away with it, depending on how close it is, you're relegated to not being able to cook what you want to cook. Instead, you're going to have to cook what you have to cook in order to either keep a lead or remain competitive or make sure that points aren't being made up on you and potentially overtaking your spot, things of this nature. And I think there was a lot of fun that was taken out of the competition season last year during the pursuit of winning Team of the Year. I would almost venture a $100 bet. That's right, I said $100. $100 that David Qualls would echo the same thing. At some point, the end goal is to win. And what is tantamount to just saying, I'm team of the year. You don't get a million-dollar check. You don't get free entries for the following competition season or any of this stuff. Now, you might pick up a meat sponsor here or there or a sauce sponsor or whatever if you win team of the year that maybe you didn't have because you didn't do it the year before, and now you're high-level in that regard. But it's not life-changing money that you win for team of the year. Now, you are spending life-changing money in the opposite direction when you're doing 35 and 40 competitions a year. That's why I always say, compete with what you can afford. Don't chase the Joneses, because the Joneses got more money than you. Or they just have no rec- uh, They have no care in the world about charging and charging and charging and figuring it out. We'll just pay for that shit later. It's one or the other. So don't ever compete. Chasing the Joneses, because you always lose that way. Even if you win, you lose. But I would venture a guess that David calls would say the same thing. At some point, it now it's a job. Now we have to go cook. We did, We can't take this weekend off. We had it scheduled, but now we can't because this is where we're at. Also, Steve, let me say this. My younger brother did a tour in the Navy, four-year vet. Tommy, thanks for your service. There was a saying on the ship, a bitchin' sailor is a happy sailor. So, in the end, has it deterred Travis from competing at all? Nope. Has it deterred Travis from winning? Nope. He wins a lot. So, what can I tell you? The game to get to the end is probably what he's talking about. That it sucks. And having to burn vacation time and and all that other stuff. But in the end, he wins. He's 2015 Team of the Year. He's the reigning KCBS Team of the Year. Will he make a run for KCBS Team of the Year this year? He is still defiant. I can tell you this right now, sitting atop the KCBS leaderboard in the first weekend in June, and it's probably zero surprise to anybody, Iowa Smoky Dee's with a two sixty uh, twenty-six thirty-six, so two hundred points, almost two hundred points better than uh Tim Shear at Shake and Bake. Porky Butts barbecue third, Clark Crew fourth. That's your current team of the year, and Smokeaholics fifth. By the way, Darren Worth, zero interest in KCBS TV. He told me he will not be making a run. That, I, don't, I think even two years ago when he was about ready. Even last year he was kind of in it, but he just throttled back. It's not his deal. So in June, with half the season over, Darren Worth, your current KCBS leader. If you're interested. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the Pit Barrel Cooker, gang. Pulling the trigger out a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle? But I strongly suggest a Pit Barrel Cooker. The versatility is... Sorry, the Pit Barrel makes cooking simple and fun and it just might be the most unique versatile cooker available in the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will turn out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork, shoulder and ribs while also being able to ramp up in temperature and do those burgers, chicken wings and hot dogs. The versatility is all thanks to a revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook and hang method places the food in the center of the heat so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie if you will. The great The results are great tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. In the industry, we call it consistency. Not only is the PBC a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. It's not only built to withstand the heat, thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the PBC is able to stand up to any type of weather. Extremely portable, fits in the back of most vans, trucks, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all the barbecue folks love accessories, and the pit barrel does not disappoint there either. From rubs to unique removable ash pans to pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, a full line of accessories that will really uh, that will really complete your pit barrel experience. Best part, for $299, the pit barrel comes fully assembled and is ready to cook and shipped to your door for free. But don't take my word for it. The folks at AmazingRibs.com give the pit barrel a top 10 rating in their gold division. That's the highest rating that you can get from them. And not once... Not twice, but three years in a row. They've said time and time again, we're running out of good things to say about this simple, affordable cooker. There's nothing else like it on the market. Close quote. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com. Once again, that's pitbarrelcooker.com. And see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website, or you can call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually take your call. A human will talk to you. It might be Noah, the owner. Find out what great customer service is all about, 502-228-1222, or visit pitbarrelcooker.com. Proud sponsor of this show. Proud to have them sponsor this show. Thanks to Noah, Amber, John, everybody over at Pit Barrel. All right, uh, we're back with Jets Pryles right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
0: Welcome back. This portion brought to you by the Barbecue Central. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by CookAndPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. Small little fledgling website, Amazon. My first guest in the second hour described in her bio as a writer, a cook, a TV host, professional, hardcore carnivore. She's also the creator of the Carnivores Ball and a co founder of the Australasian Barbecue Alliance. Let's go ahead and head over to the hotline and welcome first timer to the show, Jess Pryles. Hello. Good night, Jess.
6: Good night, Greg. Was that
0: awesome or what?
6: (laughs) That was spot on. I felt like I was home.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, can you like click your camera so we can see you real quick?
6: Yes. Hang on. All
0: right. Here we go. Here it comes. There she is. So I was going to be like, uh, since now you live in the state, we'll get to the whole backstory here in a second. But I was going to conduct the interview in my Australian accent. But then you were going to have to do the American accent, and we can see which one's better.
6: Okay. Oh, all right. oh,
0: you're really going to do that? Because I would not win. I don't think.
6: I can throw. Down, I can throw down with some country when I need to. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, you know. Hey, I'll
6: I feel like I'm not centered. That's better.
0: Yeah, there you go. So, a uh, couple uh couple different places we can start with you, Jess. Uh okay, I'm not going to do that. It's really weird. So, uh I first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, Noah Amber John over at Pit Barrel Cooker for recommending you as a guest. A few weeks later, boom, here we are. So, yeah. you know, talk to me a little bit about the background, uh Australia, obviously originally not from here, but you know, what's it like, you know, I'm, I don't ever want to leave the country. If there's one place I want to go, however, it is Australia for whatever reason. So, you know, talk because to me. like
6: really long plane flights?
0: Yes, that mostly because I do have a private plane. But nevertheless, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those places that has been kind of romantic for me. But nevertheless, what's it like kind of growing up in Australia? And kind of give me that little background about yourself.
6: You know, they say there's a lot of similarities between Australia and Texas and, and um we get so much I grew up with so much TV from the states and so a lot of products. So in some ways it's it's quite familiar. You know, obviously you you have English, albeit the Queen's English that we have down there. Um, there's just a there's a lot of, of similarities that make it compatible and not too traumatic to move from one to the other. So um, you know, we have a it's it's also the lucky country we we have a we have a, a great lifestyle there and and free healthcare and uh you know some pretty great beef. So <laughs> a lot of people are probably wondering why I left, but you know Texas was calling. And I must answer the call.
0: So when you're in Australia, are you somebody like growing up in the family? Is it like grilling all the time or is your interest in barbecue sourced like later in life?
6: Completely later in life. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure she'll never listen to this. So I can say that my mother wasn't the greatest cook. She's gotten better <laughs> as she's gotten older. But there was definitely no. My dad wasn't really a grill master by any stretch of the imagination so uh yeah you know we uh it, it's definitely something that came to me later in life and it was sort of born of an idea that I enjoyed steak like any normal human being should and um you know for my first taste of barbecue was a phenomenal experience and I would find myself at the grocery store in front of the meat section just not knowing what to buy how to cook it and I'd often end up just buying a strip because it was just easier to cut all the fat off at once which obviously I would hate myself now back then for doing that um and it was it, that set me on a really interesting journey of of discovery of uh, and, and self-education on the whole thing
0: so is that where it is? it's, it's just this I want to learn more about it and so I'm going to hit the internet or I'm gonna buy a book or where do you where do you get the knowledge to realize this is something you want to hone and, and pursue?
6: You know, uh, I would say it was more trial and error than anything else. I, I think it's a, it's phenomenal to have the internet and YouTube and things like that, where you can kind of check that you're doing things the right way and just see how other people are doing it. Um, and while obviously I would always encourage everyone to have a go at it, I think that for some people, just as as with chefs. I think I'm fortunate enough to have a pretty decent palette um, that lets me come up with ideas for different flavors and understanding what may or may not work. And, and then, you know, a lot of it is, is meat science. So if you can, that's what something that anyone can do. If you can start, if you can come to understand the science behind what's happening, um, that'll certainly help you. But more than anything, you know, Once you screw something up enough times, you're going to start getting it right that many more times.
0: (laughs) Jess Pryles joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, JessPryles.com. That's J-E-S-S-P-R-Y-L-E-S. On the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebooks, Jess Pryles as well. Now, I assume the passion and the learning and all this stuff for barbecue led you to that whole co-founding of the Australasian Barbecue Alliance?
6: Yeah, it was something that um, I'd been traveling to Texas for many years um, already by that stage, and there was quite literally only a handful of, of competition teams and people interested in American-style barbecue back in Australia at the time. Um, and we just we saw the guys who I founded it with, Adam Roberts and Jay Beaumont, um, Jay had just decided based purely on his interest to start a uh, – be the promoter of a competition – and he is behind now Meatstock, but the original one was the Port Macquarie Barbecue Wars, and that just enjoyed its third year. So when it started, we had, we had 40 teams, and it was the biggest competition in Australia at its time because I remember literally being, there being six teams at one stage in the whole country, and that was it. <laughs> and this year, we had uh, Port Macquarie had over 100 teams. So for that to happen in a two-year period, is quite extraordinary. And, you know, I'm surprised it took this long, but it's a natural synergy. It's a natural thing for barbecue to fit in with Australians and people are going crazy over low and slow cooking.
0: So are you able to set any type of a high-level scene on what the live fire, I'm not even going to say barbecue because I don't want to convolute it with the American style and, and whatever you guys are doing over there, but can you give me a high-level idea of like what live fire cooking is is an Australian, how it might be similar and different to here in the States?
6: Well, I mean, I don't think that you need to differentiate because that's the thing. Maybe a few years ago, had you said barbecue in Australia, you'd be referring to what we call or what Australians call grilling. But now there has been such a revolution that when you say barbecue, you are talking about American style low and slow with smokers, a variety of different pits, um... I was shocked. I was back there in uh in February at an event called Meatstock with Tuffy um and walking around seeing the teams. I, it was like being at a at a really prestigious American event. The teams have their uniforms and their sides set up all great. You know, it's not like some burgeoning uh poor facsimile of what happens over here. So they're, they're doing low and slow cooking. They're doing American-style barbecue. The biggest difference is lamb is such a huge protein in Australia that we try and incorporate that. That's a basic category in a lot of the ABA um, comps. Um, and and for me personally, like, I think that a lot of lamb cuts are built for smoking. So it's sort of a no-brainer. I just know a lot of American palates aren't really into it. Uh,
0: the Australian... Australasian Barbecue lines like, uh, is it KCBS- You love that
6: word? I can't stop
0: saying it. I love it. Um, We're going to talk about that word here in a second. But is it like a KCBS-based thing? Do you use KCBS rules? It's your own rules? Like, how is that set up?
6: Um, No, we actually use our own rules. So we we wrote our own rules. And, you know, KCBS has many, many years behind it. So our rules have been um, gently changing over the years because we want to have our team's participate and let us know you know we want they're the one, there would be no competitions if teams didn't show up so we try and get their feedback and adjust accordingly um, we, so yeah we developed our own and and, and you know I met with um, uh, I met with uh, uh, just had a total mental blank that's not a good thing <laughs> but I was in Kansas City um, I got my own training actually um, for, for judge certification way back when. Um. Oh my God! I this is the worst. I can't remember it all. So you but, kind oh, of oh, did. Oh, did, did you? Oils, thank you very much. So
0: were you like uh, taking some of the stuff you learned judging wise and bringing it back over and then making your own kind of rules situation?
6: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm also a Central Texas Barbecue Association a head judge, so I try to to you know it's the same as learning to cook. You look at multiple sources, figure out what works, what doesn't, what you think might be good. uh, take some elements from it, add new elements. But we'd said to Carolina, you know, we want to be able to, you know, we'd love to send teams to um, the Jack being such a great international um, showcase. And I know there's interest with the Houston barbecue um, cook-off. Uh, they're starting to do international teams too. So we, we, we definitely had a respectful nod to, to what had happened here. But much like, you know, Texas has two very prominent societies and some of them have beans as a standard category. We felt it was really important for Australia to have its own sanctioning body. And I think the other thing that's important that we do is we also function as an education center because there's not a lot out there. You know, when people look to get into low and slow, they'll find us. There's a lot of articles on the site. In fact, Ray Lampy has written an article for us too, um, and and we, and we have a very successful Facebook group and forum so like-minded people can share information on their cooks. And actually, there's a lot of Americans that try and join the Australasian Barbecue Alliance group just because they find it fascinating what's happening down there.
0: All right, so let's tackle that world Australasian. What the mm-hmm. hell is that?
6: It's, it, it encompasses New Zealand and some of the uh, Pacific Islands. So it's more than just Australia because you know we we thought it was uh, important to be inclusive. So
0: so will like n- does New Zealand then have their own uh, Australian uh, Australasian barbecue alliance competitions and the other islands that you mentioned that like you all uh, convene in some place and have like a Australasian cook off or what?
6: <laughs> a summit. Yeah. Um, not as yet. We have. Um, Tim Britton, who is very prominent in the beef world in New Zealand, was one of the very first batch of ABA certified judges. Um, and he, you know, has done a lot to promote it down there. So we're working on some stuff for New Zealand. I'm not sure that, you know, and I, and I may be, um, I, I have to brush up on exactly which islands are included in, in Australasia. Um, but I'm not sure that, you know, Fiji and Vanuatu are going to be huge hotbeds for comps anytime soon, but we would certainly welcome them.
0: In regards to supplies and cookers, I mean, just readily available stuff is a lot of it imported. Um, I remember when England was really getting into the explosion here, you know, a good handful of years ago, maybe 06, 05 or something like that. Uh, a lot of pellet cookers were going over there. and But, the, you know, the big knock was... I don't know if the meat's really good there or not. And, you know, meat we'll cover here in a second because there may or may not be some type of an issue with American meat and Australian meat or blah, blah, blah. But, like, what's it like product wise out there? Is it just readily available or do you really got to kind of search it out and get it over?
6: Uh, These days it's readily available. A mere few years ago, you had to search it out. So there's a couple of. Importers. I mean, nearly everything is licensed over there. That's the first thing. So you're not necessarily comparing apples with apples because there's going to be a distributor in Australia who's taking care of it. So there are some particular brands that got in the market early and asserted themselves that when people here find out about it, they're like, really? Those guys? Um, but now you're seeing... Um, you're seeing... Uh, Paper Cocos just started importing as well. There's a lot of Pellegrills. Um People way back when were also importing, especially restaurants, like random one-off Texas smoker companies like Close and this, that, and the other because media would write about you in Australia based on your pit. It's like, ooh, they got this thing from Texas. So it was a whole thing. But I know there's guys who have imported Myron's Cookers. There's some one guy imported a Stump's Cooker. Someone has Jambo. But generally, there's a lot of people building offsets now. Um, back home and doing a really good job of it, but yeah, you can find you know basic kind of um, entry level offsets and and uh, you know water pan cookers in in any of the barbecue outfit barbecue galore store um, there. So it's certainly accessible as far as getting it.
0: When do you decide that you're going to be leaving Australia and come over to Austin?
6: Uh, when it was my 14th flight over the Pacific and I went, <laughs> you know, yeah, I can be around tacos all the time. Let's do that.
0: So, well, I mean, was it just strictly like a business situation or you just felt like you needed to be in, in Texas in order to, to kind of keep the barbecue thing going?
6: Um, it was, it was a, an even combination of two factors. One, Texas really does feel like home to me. I adore it here. I feel like, you know, I, I've been sworn in as an honorary Texan by Supreme Court Justice Willett. Um, I feel like a Texan in many ways, and most people wouldn't uh, need me to say honorary anyway. Um, so I do love the lifestyle here, and Texans are very welcoming. And then the the other part of it is with what I do, which is, you know, a Little bit of everything, and as I said, I usually just title it as professional hardcore carnival. Um, you know, America is the land of opportunity. It made it made it did make business sense for me to be here and grow my opportunities.
0: Where do you come up with the tagline hardcore carnivore?
6: I mean, it you know, it just came to me in a dream. Uh, I you know, I just uh, I used to run an event called the Carnivore's Bowl. In fact, I shouldn't say used to because it was as recently as last year and I still should get one out this year. I better get working on that. But uh, so that word was always associated. And then, of course, you know, the little wordplay sounds good. And and you, I didn't want to limit myself, especially as my own abilities grew. I I grill a lot. I do a lot of, you know, I want to prepare meat in any way in which best serves that cut. So even though I started off by being a bit of a barbecue aficionado, I wanted a title that represented that I was just a meat connoisseur and promoter and and advocate without necessarily tying me to one method.
0: Jess Pryles joining me here on the show. Uh, So we're going to run out of time here, but I want to mention the rub before we reschedule again for another segment because there's plenty left to, to go over for another time. Uh, there's uh, the, the Hardcore Carnivore Black Rub. Um, I just happened to get a sample of it literally hours ago. And uh, it's certainly black in color, no doubt about it. Meat-specific, though, right? Like beef-specific?
6: Not necessarily. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it on. It's designed. It, it's designed. Pro- it's, it functions best on steak. Um, I've used it on pork tenderloin that I've seared in a cast iron pan. I've used it on venison. People have used it on scallops, salmon, halibut. The only thing that, that you know, and people have tried it, it just personally, it's not something that I would necessarily recommend. You wouldn't put it on pork ribs. You wouldn't put it on pork butt just because that isn't necessarily a visual appealing thing. Um, and the flavor profile is different. I think when you do ribs particularly, you're looking for a, quite a high sweetness And this is very neutral. So, the rub, you know, the idea of the charcoal is some people can taste a charcoal flavor. It's activated charcoal as well. So, please don't go and crush your briquettes and sprinkle them on your meat because that's really not what this is. But, its primary function is to provide a color contrast that does two things it looks great and it also stops you from overcooking the meat because before you've even gotten on the grill, you're already halfway to the color or the sear or the appearance that you want. And I've had some people say, you know, why would you bother putting something out just for what it appears like? And you know, I my response to that was, well, if you don't care what your food looks like, uh, food looks like, then you should just scrape it all into a trash can and eat it out of there because what's the difference? So it's a very mild rub. It's MSG and gluten free. And the biggest thing that shocks people is it's very understated.
0: Yeah. So. I, I, so when I tasted it, I was getting, yeah. I was expecting, like, some, some big pepper rush, but it was actually, I got a little salt first, then some pepper, and then, like, some garlic stuff, but, you know, nothing offensive. Definitely, I thought, like you kind of said, it would probably work best on a steak or some kind of a beef, mm-hmm. maybe even a chicken. I agree on the pork stuff, but um, is it something that's, like, readily available for sale, or, like, where do you get it?
6: Yeah, let me, uh, I, well, I've got it. You can get it from my website in the shop, and I ship all over the country. Um, Roswell Hardware in Georgia, Grill Doctor, Wassey's Meat Market, the Kansas City Barbecue Store are getting it this week. Um, Coastal Cupboard and South Texas Outdoor Kitchens are all the places that carry it right now. Um, and, you know, it, this thing's been out for six weeks, and I'm shocked and thrilled by the response. It's been wonderful, and I think it really could be a game-changer in terms of, um, you know, another staple that people should have in their grilling arsenal. So, uh, and that's the thing, I call it a grilling rub or not a barbecue rub.
0: How long does it take you to go from concept to getting it in the market? Is like something you just worked on forever and ever, or was it an epiphany like the name or what?
6: Yeah, not, for, I mean, not forever. You know, there are other charcoal rubs on the market, but like they're, they either have MSG in them, which and it was just important to me. You know, I'm a big fan. of. I get that you need MSG in a lot of comp rugs because that's what it takes to win. For me, It's the it should be about complementing meat, not overpowering it. And it was important to me to remove that from it. And I worked on it to make it an understated seasoning. So it took a couple months um, of, of pre-production. And I'm actually working on a couple other ideas. And I like working on things that are left of Santa, you know contributing something new <laughs> to, to the conversation.
0: She is Jess Pryles. You can find her at the website, justpryles.com on the Twitter, Facebooks and Instagrams at the same handle, Jess Pryles. I just really appreciate the time, but plenty to get to uh, the next time we can get you back in. So I uh, appreciate you coming on tonight. Thanks so much.
6: I look forward to it. Thank you so much. All
0: right. There she is. Jess Pryles, Texas, by the way. So, uh, and an honorary Texan. I was going to ask her as an honorary Texan, do you feel the need to secede like everybody else in Texas? I mean, come on, Texas. you really going to secede? No. You want to, but you won't. I know you won't. All right, coming up, Shane Draper and Mark Graham. Right now, though, I'm going to talk to you about the Chops Power Injector System, the National Barbecue Association's 2015 and 16 Tool of the Year, three awesome sizes, the number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System. It's designed for you competition folks or the backyard warriors just like me. Easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and off you go. If you just have one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Put in what you need. It'll use it all. 14-gauge needles, two placement, two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 100 bucks plus shipping anywhere. The one-gallon Chops power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the injection of the half-gallon. Some use it in competitions like when you cook MBN whole hog or 10 pork shoulders just to get that perfect one. comes with 14-gauge needles, two-replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, and a needle protector. 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Newest one is the Chops power injector system. It's electric. It's the commercial and competition Big Daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a three-and-a-half-foot pickup tube that can put you... In any size container from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with a metal needle adapter, 14-gauge needles, 3-inch 12-gauge needles, 2-inch 11.5-gauge needles, 3 plug screws, and a needle protector, $325, plus shipping anywhere. A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using the Chops Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Why? Because here's the thing, we live in a foodie world that now requires flavor in every bite, maximum flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast, not just for injections. How about for uh, infusing vodka in your watermelon or some alcohol infused fruit? CPS can do that as well. Every hand injector, or every injector hand assembled in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories, you want them, they got them. They have a great upgrade that you can make your chops injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. Think about it. Bulletproof. Chops Power Injector Systems. Give your barbecue some power. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com. B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. All right, we're back with Gorilla Grills and Draper's Barbecue. Stick around. I'll be right back.
2: 774480433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Murphy. All right, welcome
0: back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories. That's right. Do you have a WSM, a UDS, a kettle-style grill? Tired of taking the lid and putting it on the ground? Unknown Smoker Accessories has the lid solution for you as well as some very other cool products. Visit unknownbarbecue.com. That's unknownbbq.com. Shop to see the coolness that awaits you. All products handmade, handcrafted, stainless steel, made in the USA. Jason Whitcomb and the folks over at Unknown Smokers Accessories. Unknownbbq.com slash store. Get yours today. You'll thank me. Helping me close the show tonight are two folks who have been on the show before, but not together. It's going to change this segment one guy has seen tremendous success in the rub sauce catering competition scene the other is seeing success with his brand of cookers the flagship gorilla cooker has been out for a while now but some new cookers are in the mix as well let's head over to the hotline and welcome back shane draper and mark graham back to the show Gentlemen, appreciate you uh, taking Thank the Greg, time out, uh, doing absolutely fabulous, guys. Uh, Mark, let me start with you. Uh, as I mentioned in the open, the last time I had you on, aside from like catching you in the middle of nowhere in a lake in a canoe, uh, we talked about the Gorilla and its launch into the marketplace. Fast forward to tonight, the flagship still available, but over its short life has seen some pretty valuable changes compared to that first unit that rolled off the line. If you could kind of bring us up to speed to where the Gorilla Cooker lives now.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having us on the show tonight, and uh, appreciate the opportunity. Nope. Um, yeah, we uh, came out with this uh, quite a few years ago when we first came on your uh, show, and uh, pretty excited about the unit. I uh, had a new look to it, and it was new for us. Uh, We've been in the pellet industry because of the pellet furnace that we designed, but um, the grill was uh, a unique design, and we're pretty excited about it and got really good reviews. It uh, did a good job, um, obviously, cooking and the smoked flavor that came off the of food. We um, yeah, got really good reviews about it. Um, throughout the years, we you know we sold them throughout deal- with dealerships, and uh, we were, really pounded our chest. that was made in the USA at our factory, and uh, and the uh, dealers loved it. And uh, the biggest thing we found with it is the challenge of, Compete against the other imports. And the price point that it was, um, after a couple years of trying it, we just realized that it just couldn't compete with the imports. Uh, As much as everybody wants to buy USA made, and I think we all wanted to do that, when it came down to getting the pocketbook out, it just really couldn't compete against the others. So uh, about six months, uh, eight months ago, we decided we either got to do something with this unit and uh, make it comparable. Or we had to pull the plug on it. And we just really had a hard time doing that because the people who did buy them absolutely loved them. Uh, the dealer said people walked in. They gravitated toward the right away because of the look and the design. So all we had to do was really fix the price. And then that's what we did. And we ended up having to take it offshore. And then while doing that, we decided to bring out some other products to complement the line and uh, give some cu- customers options. So the price point um, is now as awesome as the unit has been. So we're super excited about that part.
0: Shane, the original gorilla has that unique shape, the cool see-through window to look at that fire pot while it's burning. You know, but capacity wise, I think it can be a bit deceiving. I was just showing a picture of it here a second ago. This is a unit that can hold a really good amount of meat, especially for a normal size family, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That you know this is the only pellet cooker that I've cooked on that I actually kept all this time. I still have one of the original units, just like you do, Greg. still cook on it all the time. Uh you can fit four pork butts in there, no problem. Uh, a couple of slabs flabs of ribs,' but not at the same time. Uh, you get a whole pack of brisket in there, but for a family of four, this thing is phenomenal, and its ability through its shape to get a good amount of smoke in the meat is is pretty impressive as well
0: Mark, in regards to that you know original gorilla and or gorilla and the gorilla that's available today, what are some of the changes that have been made? You know, to, whether it be paint or uh, control board or things of this nature.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things we're able to do since we we now have an online store and we're not using the dealers, um, that kind of, so to so to speak, freed up some money, uh, the margins that they normally got. So we we're able to actually improve the unit over what we made them um, uh, here internally. So the new control board now has a meat probe um, on the outside of it and it has uh, five degree increments from 180 to 500 which is really nice to help you get exactly the uh, temperature you want the paint is um, a real high quality black powder coat um, and it's a smooth texture easy to clean um, much better than what we had done in the past um, one of the other nice features that uh, is actually an idea of the owner um, It was more of an aggravation for him that he wanted fixed, and that was the fact that it didn't have a wheel in the front. It just had two wheels in the back. So to move it, it was much like a trash can. You had to get behind it, tip it back, and you could roll it around, which was nice. But when you push it up against the deck or the side of a uh, house or something, where you backed it up to it, it was really hard to get it back out of it, out of the corner. So anyway, we uh, designed a little uh, lever in the back. You push down, uh, cantilever's a little caster wheel up in the front, and you can move it around like uh, a little R2-D2, as I always say. So with the control board, uh, the better paint, um, the, the wheel added to the front. Um, honestly, I think the unit is uh, probably better than we made, and I spent many uh, days over there ensuring that the quality was as good, if not better. Because we had a pretty good name in the market already, and the last thing we want to do is ruin that by coming out with an inferior products.
0: Mark, what's the price point? You know, where was it originally, and, and where is it now? Given all the, uh, the ability to, to kind of take it offshore.
5: Yeah, that's the great that's the great part of the story for me. Um, we knew we had a trouble back then, and we were at fifteen ninety nine um, through dealers, and now we're seven ninety nine delivered to your home anywhere in the U.S.
0: So, I mean, literally half the price, right?
5: Half the price, and I'm telling you, the machine is uh, as good as quality as we've made, and it's not better, and we'll continue to work with the company and uh, make improvements even as we go. So we uh, I'm super excited about that part of it because I know the big fear is people, oh, they went offshore, they're it up. Well, I can tell you firsthand, they tried to, and they will because they know you know, we as Americans want a good price product, and it was a battle. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they're like, oh, that's not necessary. That's not necessary. And I can't tell you how many times I've commun- uh, communicated them with that night because they're 12 hours of difference and kind of had to fight against them a little bit because they don't really realize that, yeah, thicker steel makes a difference. Just uh, even the feel of something is perceived cheap. And those things uh, have a huge negative impact on the products.
0: Shane Draper and Mark Graham joining me here on the show. Uh, Shane, let me ask you. I mean, you're you're in the competition scene. You know what's going on. Certainly, the original Gorilla has that unique look and, and some really cool features. But obviously, there was a uh, perhaps a, a potential interest in seeing more of a quote unquote traditional looking product, which is kind of what the Silverback brings to the table, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean just what kind of mark uh, alluded to we Americans always just want more right
2: <laughs> if you got a
3: great cooker they want a bigger cooker if you got a bigger cooker they want a cheaper cooker um, so uh, what mark and the team was able to do uh, was uh, source the the silverback and uh, build a great unit that if you look at square inches of cook space versus price point uh, it's pretty phenomenal
0: what are we looking at price point wise on this one
3: uh, Silverback is 699 uh, and I believe it's 690 square inches. My, Mark might have to correct me on that one, of, of Cook's
5: face.
0: That's correct. So uh, price point-wise, you know, you're $100 less than the grill, so I guess the question is, and whoever wants to field it can feel it, or you both can, why would I want to choose one over the other? Is it just personal appearance and aesthetics?
3: Uh,
5: Shane, why don't, don't you get Mark's take
0: on Yeah, all right. Mark, go ahead and answer that first.
5: You know, that's probably the, the first question I get, and I've been field, fielding a lot of calls here in the last three weeks since we opened our store. And I think Shane feels the same way. If you're looking, if you have a small family, and uh, like Shane said, four or less, and you really are striving for the deep smoke flavor, it's really hard to beat the gorilla. I mean, I, I have a cooking school that replaced other brands of grills and put the gorilla in its place and are just amazed by the smoke flavor if you're so if you're looking for some aesthetics you got a small patio and you're really really keen on getting the smoke flavor you can't beat the gorilla if you're more interested in value and square inches and you want the space uh, then then silverbacks a better value for square inches so i don't say much other than that i have a little bit of pride towards this, uh, the, the gorilla because that was kind of my baby from the get-go but that was the thing we wanted options and uh, on a daily basis here and probably every day since, since we opened the store, I asked, ask the same question and I tell them simply that and let them make the decision. And uh, right now the grower is uh, uh, unbelievably about selling the silverback. Cause I figured people would go for the value for the bigger space for the cheaper price. But I think people see some value in the design aspects and they, they buy a smoker because they want good smoked food, not because they want square inches. And I think that's the ultimate decision
0: maker. Shane, what's your take on those?
3: My take on that really is that to me, the gorilla is more the, the pro series. And that sounds a little contrary to what Mark's saying as far as space, but from a competitor standpoint, I love that the footprint of this thing is tiny. Uh, and it is one of the best chicken cookers I've ever cooked on for competition cooking. Uh, with the, them adding the new wheel up front, Man, that thing just glides. That's the thing I love about Gorilla and, and, and working with these guys. Mark and Dave, they, they, they what are the problems and how can we fix them? And not just put a Band-Aid on the problem. They actually want to not just fix it, but make it as best they can. So they didn't put cheap, crappy wheels on this thing. They put amazing wheels on this thing. And it literally feels like this thing is gliding around almost like, uh, like R2-D2. It, it's amazing.
0: All right, guys, so the last one to talk about this evening is a complete departure uh, from the pellet grills altogether. It's uh, in a market that seems to be getting, of course, more and more interest every year. There is a Kleenex brand in this particular market called Big Green Egg. Uh, It is the ceramic market or the Kamado market, whatever you want to call it. Kong is your ceramic model this year. So, Mark, if you could tell me why you guys, uh, after offering two different pellet cookers, decided to, to go ceramic
5: yeah it was again one of these things that wasn't exactly what we wanted but the market was kind of driving it and we've seen a lot of traction getting in that industry and honestly we weren't even out looking for it um while we we're out there sourcing uh, our other products we had uh, companies uh, probably emailing us weekly are you interested in uh carrying it ceramic and we're like, no no finally we said you know what let's, let's go take a look at what, a factory so we went to the factory and uh, they're all over the place, quite frankly, and uh, they're becoming a dime a dozen, so to speak. And But you have to be really careful because there's a lot of factories and there's a lot of junk out there, too. So it was a pretty easy fit for us, and uh, the design of these things, there's not a whole lot of uh, technology in them. It's, uh, watching them make them is incredible. And uh, so to bring on our uh, a unit didn't take a whole lot of des- And we you out the components and the hardware on it. And first thing, for sure, what we did is we put the best wheels they offered, stainless steel that they offered, um, which, again, in, in China world, they're like, well, you really don't need all that. I'm like, uh, yes, I want all that. And then the ability to bring that on as easily as we could and offer it, again, at a price point of $7.99 delivered to anywhere in the U.S. Uh, for the square inches that we're offering, it's an incredible value compared to uh, the green egg and stuff. Some of the others out there and that's probably what we're trying to promote the most is that for what you get for the price it is, it is good and it's not better than some of the other ones out there for the price.
0: Shane you've been around the competition scene forever the catering scene for a long time successful in both you've seen all of the other ceramic cookers out there is is the Kong in essence kind of a, a me too situation or are there some things that really differentiate this cooker from some of the other ones? Mm-hmm.
3: I think a lot of it really is their ordering process. So I've actually I'm sitting literally right next to a Big Green Egg XL and the Kong right now, Um, and the thing I love about what Gorilla's done, and they said we don't believe in upcharging. So it wasn't I've got a you know it's a $500 base cooker, and then you go $100 more for the the better nest, and then uh, $50 more for better side tables, and then. $50 more for the double rack and the, uh, the hinged rack system. There was none of that. Uh, when I bought my big green XL, by the time I walked out of the store with the bag of charcoal and the accessories, I was out 1200 bucks and that just, that stings, man. So I think the Kong is right priced, um, for the accessories you get right out of the box.
0: So when we talk about Big Green Egg, since that's the the name that everybody knows, Uh, there is, unless something has changed, a lifetime warranty on that one. Is there some type of a a similar warranty on this ceramic cooker?
5: Yeah, that's correct, Greg. We have a similar, as much as most of the uh, Kamado cookers out there. It's a limited lifetime on all the ceramics and uh, a four-year on all the hardware.
0: And, and price wise it's 799 so obviously the the question is going to be are people just buying the gorilla at 799 because they don't want to deal with any type of live fire other than just plugging it in and flicking a switch and the other people will just love to deal with the the charcoal side of things and, and adding their own wood smoke like where do you find the delineator between who's driving to Kong and who's driving to the pellet cookers Anybody?
3: I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, any any anybody want to answer that? Uh,
3: yeah, no give, give me the last question again. You dropped out during the question.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um I just said what do you how do you find yeah, I lost you, too. you know, where are people driving if you have two cookers that are identically priced, Kong and Grilla? What do you find is driving people one way or the other?
5: Well, from my standpoint, I can tell you uh, from the direct uh, sales that yeah. the gorilla is by far outpacing the Kong. And I think part of the problem is the the Kamado's the there is getting kind of somewhat of a saturated market. And uh, the pellet Grills is a market that's growing something fierce. I mean, it's uh, it's a phenomenal way to cook. It's a super easy way to cook. And uh, that's what I enjoy about it. And I think the public's starting to enjoy about it. Obviously, I have a Kong at home. It, it takes extra work, you know, to get the charcoal started and monitor it. And with a pellet grill that's set and forget, man, it's hard to beat that, in my opinion. And I think the public's starting to realize that.
0: Shane, what do you think drives?
3: I think uh, the, the Kong is for the guy who likes to tinker. And the grill is for the, the, the guy or the family that wants, you know, precise control without a lot of uh, messing around. And it's just, it's really two different people. And I appreciate it because I actually, I cook on both all the time. Um, so depending on my mood, I'll either go like the Kong and, you know, want to play around. Or if I just want to get dinner on the table, I go flip the switch on the Grilla and, you know, let, let it do the work for me.
0: Shane Draper and Mark Ram joining me here on the show. Mark with uh, Grilla Grills, the website grillagrills.com. Uh, Shane Draper with Draper's Barbecue. Uh, Shane, anything you got coming up you'd like to promote before I let you go?
3: Well, I think we got to promote is the uh, the tide for first place finish for uh, tomato based sauce at Memphis in May.
0: Uh, right.
3: Sauce that I worked on uh, for for Gorilla, and it's available on the website right now. So it's a, it's a phenomenal sauce, and I look for it to be big in the competition world. I built it specifically for ribs and chicken in the competition world.
0: Uh, Mark, uh, is is Gorilla set to have their throat potentially slit with Shane's number one sauce now, or what? <laughs> <laughs>
5: I tell you, Shane did an outstanding job, and the story behind it, the way it was presented with the sample bottle in hand is all we had to go with uh, due to him fighting to the last minute to get it dialed in, and then what, seeing Shane up there holding the trophy, it, it was phenomenal, and we appreciate all Shane's hard work, and we're really excited for of Grills, and uh, we we feel like we got a good, solid product at a phenomenal price, and uh, so the uh, the uh, sauce is just uh, a cherry on top, so to speak, and uh, I think it's going to be a great marketing tool, and people are going to love this stuff. And I'm and this is coming from a guy who's not a sauce guy. I'm more of a rub guy. This stuff is awesome. I mean, it really is.
0: Grillagrills.com is the website. Check it out if you want to find out more about the information on the cookers or the sauce. Shane, Mark, really appreciate the time, guys. Thanks so much for coming on.
5: Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Sure.
0: You got it. There they are. Shane and Mark. Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue and Mark Graham from Grilla Grills. GrillaGrills.com is the website. So now they have three products. Before it was one. The grill, it was 1500 bucks. Now, from what Mark says, taking it overseas, price drops, a lot more features and benefits, better cooker for less money. Not a lot of people can say that. All right, folks, uh, let me talk to you quickly before we get out of here tonight about Dave Bosca Butcher Barbecue. That's right. Hope. He's been active tonight, by the way. We all know Dave well known for the injections the prime injection, the beef injection, the pork injection, the bird boosters, all that good stuff. He has all the accoutrements for injecting, like the injectors themselves. The injections that I've told you here over the last couple weeks, uh, we've gone away from the resealable packages, now gone to the plastic containers with screw-on tops, free measuring cup. Doesn't get any easier than that. And it's for all injections, not just the beef injection or not just the pork injection. For all injections. He's making it easier every single day for you guys. You got the new rubs, the Chipotle rub, the Triple Secret Dave's Secret rub, the uh, Cherry rub, Chipotle rub. who? Come on. It's great. The old standbys. The honey rub. Yeah. Love the honey rub still. Love it. The steak and brisket rub. Of course, the go-to sauce for me. The sweet barbecue sauce. Everybody knows I'm a finicky bitch when it comes to sauces. If it's not my sauce, traditionally it doesn't do well if it's not my sauce in this house. Dave's sauce, the exception to the rule. No doubt about it. No liquid smoke either, which is what I really like. And then, of course, in my own Greg Rempy's National Barbecue Association products of the year, grilling oils. <laughs> Come on. I am literally using grilling oil now. I've become such an avid proselytizer of grilling oil. I'm sorry, pecan rub too. That's right. Sorry, Dave. Missed that. I am such a proselytizer of grilling oils. I don't know if I don't not use it at least two or three times during the day. The only thing I haven't done is really go crazy and, like, butter toast with it. Uh Uh-oh, wait. Oh, see, here we go. Dave, uh, hold on a second, Dave. I'll get back to you. I didn't shut down the automatic hour overload. So, now I got to do this. Anyway. I haven't buttered toast with it yet, okay? But... But, you know, everything else, pre-grilling all the time. If I'm making sunny-side-up eggs or over-easy, instead of putting butter in the pan, I do a little roundabout on the grilling oils. Drop the eggs in there. Perfect. Perfect. The steak is just coming off the grill. Boom. Run a line over uh, over the top of it as it starts to rest out. Man, I'm telling you. This grilling oil is outrageous. It's got butter flavor, you got steakhouse flavor, you got chipotle flavor as well. Can you imagine if you used the Chipotle New Rub and the Chipotle Grilling Oil? Oh my lord! Forget about it. You'd be going crazy. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And stock up now on everything. Butcher Barbecue, always trust your butcher. Thanks today for the years and years of support to this show. the products and all that good stuff come on you know you love butcherbbq.com all right we're back to wrap up right after this stick around be right back
2: Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: I knew I was going to say the word proselytize and people were just, they were going to be either shitting or going blind, right? Come on. Alright, let's go ahead and get our way out of this show. All the way back in the first hour, we had our monthly segment with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Then we recapped Daniel Vaughn making it to Cleveland, going to the Proper Pig and getting audio on a review of both Proper Pig and Michael Simon's restaurant, Mabel's Barbecue. I hope to get down there at some point live and do maybe Man on the Street sooner than later. Then in the second hour, we were introduced to first-time guests and I think most likely recurring Austral Australasian Barbecue Alliance co-founder Jess Pryles. JessPryles.com, her website. And we close it out with Mark Graham from Grillagrills.com and Shane Draper from DrapersBarbecue.com. Big show planned for next week. The week after that, we're going to be off. We're going to be in florida for a volleyball tournament can't make it but then we'll be back the weekend or the week after that on the 28th so you're uh three of the next four weeks all set up locked loaded and ready to go september 11th 2001 i will never forget until next tuesday at 9 p.m eastern standard time this is your program host and proud u.s american greg Rempe. good night now